0: To get out of the way here in a second and let our speaker minister tonight. I've asked Sister Amy to minister, but before she comes, I want to say just a couple things that uh, the Lord put on my heart. The Bible says Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. I feel like God is going to do to a generation what she did to Enoch, and he's calling us as a people to not just have church, but to walk with Him. There was a quote that uh, George B. Studd made of, of Azusa Street. and He said this quote. I never had seen such a people to pray. Such liberty and unction in prayer. Such continuing in prayer. How remarkable have I found the spirit of prayer in intercession upon them. And as I've been reading about all of this prayer that's been breaking out in Asbury and some other, other uh, places around the country, uh, in the upper room in Jerusalem, uh, different universities, Norman has, o, OU has a prayer uh, revival scheduled here this fall. I thought, you know, if there's ever been a time for us to be a people of prayer, it's now. It's now. And so I've asked Sister Amy, I've been very impressed with her walk with the Lord, and I know many of you have seen the transformation in her life if you knew her before she came to Christ. And she's a woman of prayer, and I'm very thankful for that. And I've asked her to minister in prayer tonight. Would you receive what she has to teach us tonight? Minister to us. Amen. Sister Amy, we want you to come and <laughs> take your
1: Thank you, Pastor. Let's give that to the Lord. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Oh, glory, glory be to your name, Lord Jesus. You are worthy, God. You are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord tonight amen we could be anywhere right we could be on a street somewhere Sarah doing drugs right but God set us free oh come on hallelujah we could be in a mental institution right Katie but oh come on God God did it anyhow we could be on the side of the street with no food or running water but come on Jesus did it anyhow oh hallelujah thank you Jesus for it oh hallelujah hallelujah oh I was listening to a message by T.F. Tenney today and he said something and it struck my heart brother Tenney said revelation plus experience equals power I feel the power of the almighty and the living God in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many times have we come to the Lord over and over in prayer? And that's good. We should. And we've used his name and said, just do it, Jesus. But I don't want to just use his name. I want to experience his name. I need him in my everyday. I need him in the morning when I wake up. I need him when I go to Walmart. I need him when I go to the gas station. I need him when I go to my friend's house. And I need him when I come to church. Oh yes, I even need him when I come to church. Look at your neighbor and say, this is a mess. Now, look at your other neighbor and say, but Jesus is gonna fix it. Oh, come on, hallelujah. It was in the days, I'm sorry, you can be seated. My scripture text is going to be long, and I will get there in just a moment. It was in the days of Rome, when the Romans took siege over Israel, that they had their revival. In their deep persecution, And heartache, they prevailed and won great numbers of souls. Now my Bible says in the last days, oh come on, it will be greater in the latter day for revival. But I'm concerned. You see, in the Bible, Peter tells us that the Jews in Acts 2 and 36 says, therefore, let all Israel know. He's telling them, let everybody know far and wide that the one that they had crucified was Lord and Christ. It was right under their noses, you see, in eyesight's view, and they denied him. And now here we are in 2023, and we are living in the book of Revelation where scripture is taking place every day. And this revival is starting in America. Oh, yes, it's real. Don't doubt it for one second. This is America's revival. And it's right under our nose. And Jesus said, the harvest is ripe, and it is time now to get a hold of it. What Randy said, oh, my word, on Sunday, I already had that in my notes, and it was dead on Revival is now. The harvest is ready now. The seeds have produced a crop, and the crop is ready to come home to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. But we cannot miss it. The Pharisees missed it. We can't sit still any longer. Jesus is on his way to get his bride, and we must hurry and gather the sheepfold. Last year, I had a dream that Pastor was flying an aircraft, a plane, if you will. And we were all on this aircraft, and we were fastening our seatbelts, and he turns around as the captain of the ship, and he says, are you all ready for takeoff? I knew instantly in my dream that we were headed for home, and it was a very short time that we had left. And in the dream, right when we were about to take off, Michelle Vogel stands up in my dream and yells, Wait! Wait! As everyone stood and unfastened their seatbelts. You see, it would have been so easy to take off in that aircraft that day. But when we looked out the window in my dream, there were people, just like in the days of Noah, that had realized what was happening and taking place. In my dream, they began to run for the aircraft, uh, saying, please open up the door and let me in. Uh, I've got to come to the sheepfold. Uh, Please open the aircraft door. In my opening text tonight, hang in there with me. 2 Corinthians 11, 24 through 28. I'm going to read a little bit of a lengthy scripture text tonight. Paul is writing here, and I love Paul. The more I read what Paul endured for Christ, I think what a small fraction I have paid. He says, five times I received from the Jews 40 slashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. And three times I was shipwrecked. I spent an entire night and day in the open sea, and I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. Oh, come on. And I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. And beside everything else, I face daily the pressures of my concern for all of the church. Now I know that was a lot. And as I read those troubling words and thought, oh my goodness, I'm not sure if I could ever have gone through all of that and stayed, Then I heard a voice from heaven start reading me something back. It sounded very familiar. It sounded very similar. That story was mine. And it sounded like this. I have lost all my old friends. I have gone through hardships in marriage, in my health, and in my finances. I have lost two, yes, two organs, since I have come to know the truth. I have seen a heart doctor, a gastro doctor, I have seen two other doctors and dealt with deep, deep anxiety, lost jobs, couldn't pay bills, and sometimes afford to buy food. Suffered through deep depression. A lot, I know. But is transparency okay tonight? But I said all of that to say this, if it had not been for my suffering, if it had not been for those lonely nights, if it had not been for all the sickness in my body, oh, come on, I wouldn't have known just how good our Lord and Savior is. How he can sweep in any room and dance with me in the rain, or become my song in the silent hour. How he can heal my sickness when I am weak. And how he can calm my every fear and in turmoil give joy unspeakable, even when nothing in my situation had changed. You see, God can take a mess and he can make it a lifeline. Oh, come on. I need a lifeline to heaven. The church, and this is the words of the Lord. He spoke to me in prayer yesterday. He said, the church is making a shift, an identity change, a culture shift. We are not a church. We are the church of the living God. And just like Cornelius in the book, in the Bible, needed Peter to go and tell him, oh, Cornelius was hungry, yes. Oh, yes, he was. But he needed Peter. He needed Peter to go and tell him how to fulfill the fullness of that hunger. We are the church, folks. Prayer, oh precious prayer, has the ability like a book to take you out of your current situation to a new destination and location. Prayer is timeless. It's timeless. It never gets old. That thing you want to buy so bad right now, that thing you are desiring so deeply in your heart once you have it, won't even be enticing in six months. But prayer never stops being in style. It's Old Testament and New Testament coming together. The Old Testament and the New Testament had one thing in common, a prayer life. Prayer is not inconvenient. It's not a trouble. We don't have to just barely fit it into our day. It's a powerful tool that, when used properly, will defeat every devil in your home and at your job. Hell that is warring, we will war back against it in prayer. When we are sensitive to the Holy Ghost, God always protects us, He speaks to us and warns us of things that are coming. It is a privilege that we get for being close to the secret place. Those that have a deep relationship with God have unlimited access to the gifts and operations that can set a generation free and break every generational curse in your home. But unfortunately, in this hour and in this generation, resources are not in small supply in this world. If you want something, sure. You can just go to the store and buy it. And so many times it gets to a point where our comfort starts costing us our comforter. See, if we are covered by flesh, you can only see what's right in front of you. You see it with the natural eye. But when we are saturated in prayer, we have the ability to look ahead and see what's coming afar off. Just like when Elijah prayed He covered his servant's eyes. He said, God, let him see what I can see. He was looking through spiritual eyes. And in this hour, we must look through spiritual eyes. And he could see that the angels of the Lord had been sent to protect him. Then, after he had prayed, he could see what his shepherd could see. We need to see what our shepherd sees. We need to see his vision and his fresh fire for this city. When we get into a secret, deep place of prayer, his vision becomes our vision. And later we know that Elisha got the mantle of his shepherd and received a double portion, anointing. We also see how the Old Testament, that Daniel was such a powerful tool, the Lord used. And so let's see why he was so powerful for so long was going wrong for a whole country and Daniel was taken captive. It's so beautiful to me that nothing that came against him, not even the threatenings of death, could separate him from his king. He knew his first role, whether he was in his land or a foreign land. His first duty was to the king of heaven. This devout man was very mightily used in the spirit because of one reason. He just would not stop praying. No death decree or king on this earth was going to stop him from that prayer meeting. He knew God because of that day at that prayer meeting. When we get in a secret place and we really lean on our father, it stirs up the gifts that are inside of us. And we need the gifts of the spirit in full action and in operation. In this hour, we have to have it. Not one person or two, but the whole church, the whole body, the bride working beautifully with her husband. A perfect duo to have the fullness of what God wants in this latter-day revival. Jesus said in those days that greater things they will do even than what I have done. In verse 14 in John 12 through 14, It says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have done, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may glorify in the Son, and you may ask me anything in my name, and I will do it. I want to just stop right now and just say one thing, and I'm not going to talk on this but one second. I just want to make this one comment, and I'm going to move on because I don't think it's even worth mentioning hardly. But what the devil did for five minutes on that Grammy show. Turned into three days later, a revival in America, an unprecedented revival where our country is reaching for the depths of God in a way that has been seen in thousands of years. In three days, it took Jesus three days to be resurrected. On the third day in America, Asbury's revival had started, and that has not stopped since. Remember at the beginning of COVID, the scripture that struck America in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people, oh come on, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. If they seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. I really believe this with my whole heart. I believe it's taken America three years of repenting and trials, of tribulations and struggles to get us here to receive that word in full. Prayer has the power to change the situation when nothing else in our situation has changed. I, um, when... When Michael and I, um, and he, he went over these notes with me, and so I submit myself to my husband, and he's okay with me sharing this. Um, when Michael and I were going through a hardship, and the kids were still in public schools, Drake was in second grade, and um, he had a PTO meeting, and um, it just happened to fall on the week that Michael got prayed back through to the Holy Ghost. And I was sitting in that PTO meeting, and when I walked in the school, the Lord said, you're going to share your testimony for the first time today, Amy. And I was like, wow, that was really fast. It's only been like three days. (laughs) Praise God. I stand on that word, Lord. You know? But here we are three years later, and it's still working. And um, the teacher starts asking me what church I go to, and she starts, you know, telling me, um, you know, That she wishes so bad her husband would come to church with her. And immediately the door opened and the Lord said, tell her what just happened. And I began to tell her the hardship that Michael and I just had endured with our marriage and our home. And this teacher starts sobbing, crying, and I am like really caught off guard. I'm like, whoa, you know, I didn't expect this. This is so cool. And then she said something while she was crying and it struck me. She said, I don't understand. You see, Amy, I've been a teacher for a long time. And my children, when they're going through things like this in their home, they act different. They are troubled, they're angry, they're frustrated, they don't listen, their schoolwork starts declining. She said, but I didn't even know you were going to tell me this today, and I was going to tell you that Drake is doing better than he has all year, and he's the happiest kid in the class, and he's a light and a joy in this room. And I looked at her and the Holy Ghost spoke out of me and said in 1 Corinthians 7 and 14, Oh, come on, somebody, that before were my children unclean, but now are they made holy by the blood of the Lamb. Because a mother got in her. Do you know what God will do for a mother that will get in her closet and pray for her baby and say, Oh, God, cover my child, cover my husband, cover my mama, cover my daddy, Lord. Cover my family, God. Don't let them do it, Lord. Don't let them go back, God. Keep them in the sheepfold, Lord, and protect them, Jesus. Oh, God, come on, somebody. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I left that place and I sat down in that car and I sat in that parking lot and cried for an hour like a baby. And if people walked by, they thought I was nuts it's what god does when you put him first in your pain and in your suffering he takes you under his wing and he protects you but it's not just for you it's for your children and all that are afar off that come into contact with me oh hallelujah think of who you love more than anything in this world And think about it. Why do you love that person more than anything? If I were to ask you how much time over your last 20, 30, maybe some of you 40 years have spent with that person. They helped you become who you are today, right? And you love them because they loved you too back. Because they spent time with you. Cherished you. Helped you along your way. Maybe your mom or your spouse, maybe your sibling, or even a child or a friend, was the one that took care of you when you were sick and helped you when you didn't have any finances or helped your hand through every moment and every situation. When we first come to Christ, oh, hear me, (laughs) and we have a personal relationship with our Father, There is a pulling away from the world that takes place and a deeper connection and a covenant that is made with God. And he asks us to make with him during this process. You see, it's a twofold. He doesn't just ask for a relationship with me. He asks for a relationship from me back to him. And yes, through this process, there is absolutely pain involved. Because there is a pulling away from old things while all things become new. Think about it. Why is it so hard for people to set goals and achieve them? I know this one all too well. And when you are going on a run, okay, or a workout, and in the beginning of the year, you're so excited, And you get to that one, two, maybe the third week if you're doing real good. And you get to that mark and you might want to stop. It is then where discipline and self-control become your best friend. And then you make up your mind. I am either going to press on or I'm going to keep letting my mind take over and force me to stop. The battle begins and stops in our mind. God gives us tools in the word that we can use so that we have a very good prayer life. A deep, intimate relationship with him and even our relationships on this earth. Have you ever noticed that the closer you get with Jesus, the better your relationships on this earth get? For several months now in prayer... I have been feeling a spiritual attack on marriages in the church and been feeling to pray over families, not just our church, but the church worldwide. You see, if our adversary can get us warring against one another, he knows the supernatural won't flow. If our sword is pointed at our spouse, Or if our sword is pointed at our brother and sister. The anointing will stop flowing. And he can attack the church. It is a tactic that he tries to use against us. But I've come to expose the enemy's schemes tonight. Josh Herring in a sermon said, The last scheme an enemy will try on someone is to show himself. It's one final blow, an attempt to put fear in the saint's heart. Because once he is exposed, he knows we are going to command that in the name of Jesus, he has to flee. When I was living in the world, I used to watch a movie called Enough. Now, it is funny how the Lord can take something from your past and turn it into something very spiritual. And so even though I do not watch this movie any longer. There was a very powerful tool that I learned. In this movie, um, am I okay on time, Pastor? I don't have a, I will, I'll, I'll be quick. Okay. In this movie, this woman was fleeing for her life. She was in a very bad situation and a man was trying to attack her and she had to make up her mind to flee in the night. Now, after she had fleed in the night, she um, she was okay for a while. But just like in the spirit, the enemy always tries to find his way back, right? The farther away from prayer that we get, the closer we get. And the reason she couldn't run anymore is because fear will always hold us captive, which is actually the opposite of what God does. And he gives us faith. The Bible in Hebrews 11 and 6 says, it is impossible to please him without faith. The enemy is a mockery of God. He always does the opposite of what God does and tries to pervert the minds of the people. The Lord told me when I was facing a storm, he said, Amy, you can't run from it any longer. You can't go over it and you can't go around it. You must wrestle this ugly storm, but know this, I am a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And the blessing I was given through that storm far exceeded anything I could have ever imagined. Oh, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. At Bach two years ago, a woman named Brooke paymer some of you were there and heard the message, said, you are never closer to the demonic presence, than when you feel hopeless. Fear makes us feel hopeless. And so tonight, I feel like the Lord has given me just a few things, and I will go over them very quickly, to help us in our prayer life, to fight back with our sword and our shield. The first one says that, Those in, in, I'm sorry, in the Bible, it says that they that seek me early will find me. Early morning prayer has changed my life. Do you know why? Because in between the hours of 4 and 6 a.m., there is not so much chaos going on in the world, so the demonic presence is lesser. So we have to fight less to get closer to the spirit of God quicker. And number two, when you enter into that secret place, try praying out loud. It silences the thoughts in our mind that can so easily distract us. Put any distraction away. Your phone, do not keep it in hand's reach. TVs, iPads, put it all away while in prayer and rather put by your bedside a journal and a pen. This shows the Lord that we are ready to hear his sovereign voice as the musicians come tonight. The last thing I will mention is a book called prayer takes wings and if you have not read this book. I, I it's on I think Amazon you can get it on Amazon um, Pentecostal publishing house It's called um, prayer takes wings by T.F. Tenney and um, it talks about how to send angels to go take care of your needs. I could use an angel to go take care of a need or two for me (laughs) just like if you're going to lose weight you must be intentional we also must be intentional with prayer if you show Jesus that he comes first he will show you that you come first thank you Jesus thank you Jesus oh hallelujah hallelujah In this day, we cannot be silent anymore. America has been silent long enough while they try to pervert the minds of our children and this culture. And unfortunately, it has even tried to creep its way into our church, stealing our dear friends and loved ones away. But I have made up my mind tonight as you stand with me. I am going to fight fire with fire. I am going to fight fire with fire. I won't sit quietly while the enemy tries to steal one more soul, Pastor. But this year I prophesy we will not lose one more soul. We will win them. I said this year we are not gonna win another, lose another soul. We are going to win souls. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Brother Lee Stone King always says if the enemy wants me to stop praying. I'm going to pray for another hour. And if he wants me to stop fasting at four, I'm going to fast till ten. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord told me the other day, Amy, you know how you'll know you're spiritually where you're supposed to be? When your needs become so small. And instead you can't quit praying for the girl in the grocery line at the store or the woman at the doctor's office or the school. When souls and the needs of others start to flood our prayers and our hearts, uh, oh hallelujah. And when I want more for my brother in Christ and my sister in Christ than myself. When I esteem you and I want more for you than I want for myself. Oh, hallelujah. Several years back, I was praying at the altar one day and I asked the Lord, I said, God, why? I've watched so many families walk away, I've watched so many marriages not make it. Why, Lord, did you save my family and heal my land? And Jesus spoke to me and he said, It's so simple, Amy. You prayed. i was like wow that's it he said no you kept praying you kept praying when it looked like everything was walking out the door and everything was gonna fail you got in your closet one more time and you got down on your knees and you said jesus i need you jesus oh help me jesus Oh, in this hour, Lord Jesus, give us courage and boldness. We need faith, God, in this hour, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. In the beginning of the year during our prayer, the Lord said one thing. He said, victory is yours, Amy. Do you believe that? And I'm not going to lie. At first, when I heard those words, we had been in turmoil for so many years. That I wasn't sure if I knew what victory looked like anymore. But then the Lord said, Oh, really? Take one look at who's standing beside you. As Michael walks through the door and on Sunday night taught a lesson, he said, Go ahead and see what I'll do if I won't exceed your expectations, if I won't give you more than you thought in the first place, if I won't excel the ministry that I Here it is. This is it. If I didn't if you don't hear anything else tonight, uh, oh, as you make your way to the front and find a place to pray. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. 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 It's it's uh, that prayer life, that relationship with Jesus. It is so beautiful that prayer line. That lifeline really does keep you safe. But when you get there and some of you might already be there in prayer and if you are Thank you, Jesus. Go find somebody else and tell them what Jesus did for you. Because our goal is to be the great commission of Jesus Christ. And when I get to the pearly gates of heaven and they swing open wide, I want Jesus to say, come on, Amy. And I want to turn around, Tori. And I want you to be there behind me. Oh, come on. I want to see another 20, 30, 40, 100, 1,000 people. People walking in behind me and saying if God did it for her oh come on God will do it for me if God will save her marriage oh come on God will save my marriage in the name of Jesus oh Feel the spirit of Jehu in this place. Oh, lift your hands and just pray right now. God, in the name of Jesus, teach me to go to the secret place one more time, God. Oh, maybe some of us have given up on those dreams. Maybe some of us have backed off a little bit. But you know what? Let's pray one more time. Let's pray one more time. Jesus, do it. Do it, Jesus. Do it, Jesus. In
2: the secret place of the la 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 I la la it's where I, abide. It's where I abide. More la la I la 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 It's where I hide, it's where I hide, I desire you, in all I do, my soul thirsts for you, I give my all to you forever. For you, I give my all to you forever. Jesus, you don't own. God, that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. I just want you, nothing else. Cool. <laughs> This yes.